Hello and welcome to Game Night. I'm your host, Dornal. Uh, joining me tonight is the author of a new RPG called Ronin. His name is Aaron Alexander. Aaron, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, talk about this topic tonight. It's one of my favorite topics. Before we do that, I just want to say that Daddy Warpig should be joining us tonight. He said he may be a little bit late. It looks like he's a little bit late, but Dornal <laughs> is punctual. Um, so, um, well, let's let's get the ball ro ro rolling. Cyberpunk is one of my favorite uh, media genres, as you know, a child of the 90s, and uh, especially in gaming, it's been one of my favorites. And this is a departure from the normal type of show I do, which has mostly been Fantasy Dungeons and Dragons OSR based. Uh, so I'm really excited to have someone on who's been working on uh, the dark future side of things. Yeah, I would say I would say more of more less sort of a dark future, but sort of like a um sort of sort of how should I say it? A more poppy Type well, I'll explain. I'll explain what I'm talking about as we go on. Oh well, I think I have a feeling Daddy Warpig is really gonna like uh, what you have to say about it. Speak uh, of the speak devil. Of the, speak of the speak of the Warpig. Warpig is here. Uh, thank you for joining us, sir. Actually, I was just dropping in to say that uh, uh, I'm gonna be a minute longer because I just barely walked in the door, so I'm gonna be. Uh, missing for about the next five, maybe ten minutes. I apologize, apologize, apologize. Uh, well, okay. Well, uh, that's. I'm going to count that against your allotted speaking time for each episode. Sure, why not? <laughs> Thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you in a minute. Right, in a bit. Um, I have a little bit to say about the genre. Um, cyberpunk gets uh, a different type of game from Dungeons and Dragons. In Cyberpunk, uh, typically, obviously, you play in the near future, uh, of typically of Earth, and there's been all sorts of great technological advances, and guns are at play, and sometimes magic is at play. And uh, the games don't often take the form of like an open-world exploration, uh, or... Uh, uh, dungeon delving treasure hunt. There's often a treasure, uh, you know, in the form of money or credits, or or sometimes there's a, a MacGuffin that you need to collect. But uh, it's it's a type of game where you get to uh, play up what might be instead of you know pretend how great it would you know would be in the past or or you know, fighting fighting monsters. You're you're fighting other people. You're fighting uh, instead of the you know the dark king or the grand wizard. You're fighting these evil global mega corporations who you know only see other people as pawns and and sources of income. It's a uh, what can I say? It, it's it, it's a different feel narratively, and it's a different feel uh, gameplay wise. Uh, the the archetypical game for me was Cyberpunk 2020. That was a role-playing game done by uh, Artal Saurian Games, which is um, well, Mike Pondsmith and his buddies, um, who I've asked uh, I've asked about coming on the show before. I'm gonna, we're, anybody, if anybody knows uh, Mike Pondsmith, send them a message. I want him on the show. 
Yeah, and uh, a little little uh, side note there. Um, Cyberpunk twenty twenty is gonna be is CD Projekt Red's next big project, which is called Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Oh yes. I, the question is, when the hell they're gonna get that done? I mean, it sounds like it's been in development hell for a while. I think last interview they did was uh, like two years ago. Uh, and they did, you know, was the last thing we heard about it. So that's it, who knows how long it's gonna be. These are the guys that did the Witcher series. So if you're, you know, a quality game's gonna come out of it. Yeah, like I said, it's it looks like it. It might be going a little towards Valve. It would be not not Valve time. It'll probably go a little towards uh, Rockstar time, if you will. So let's get right into the chat. I mean, Bradford Walker uh, makes an interesting point about uh, what cyberpunk gaming is. He says cyberpunk and gaming focuses around the things that cyberpunk and storytelling media tend to gloss over unless it's relevant to the plot. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that? Oh, sorry, sorry. I was trying to, trying to get trying to get back on the chat here because uh, I'm oh, trying. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you what I think about that. I think that the the themes in cyberpunk fiction, where uh, it's the street against the court, where it's the little guy uh, in this awful dystopia. Uh, trying to scrabble for what he can and rise above those circumstances and, you know, take it to the man. Ah, That's, yes. That Those themes, uh, those themes will come out in a cyberpunk tabletop game if the storyteller or the referee or the game master okay. chooses to do that. Yeah, okay, okay. I finally, I finally get everything. Sorry, I was paying attention. I finally got, I finally, I'm finally reading chat here. But anyway, um... How, how I feel towards that is that cyberpunk, in my opinion, it, it's it's basically, I think it's, I took, took a bit of a different course course here, and as I'll tell you, as I'll tell you later, but I, I agree with that statement, but I think, but I think that that whole uh, aspect has been revisited a little too much. It's all, it was, it's always, it's always you versus the megacorps, but I figure, I figure, you know what? I feel lately, and I and I think we've alluded to this before we got got on. It's it's become it's be, because now it's the reason that your genre is falling off is because it's become it's become too close to life, and and we're looking for something more. And I think what cyberpunk needs right now is something a bit more three dimensional, if you will. Yeah, that's a good point. Like like I mentioned before the show, uh, a buddy of mine says this about um because we talked about cyberpunk uh, a while back when android netrunner the card game came back out mm -hmm. um he said why do you think cyberpunk fiction has really become unpopular why, why do you think it's it, it's not so popular anymore and his theory was it's because the cyberpunk authors were too optimistic about the future especially when it comes to the corpse <laughs> and up until a couple of years ago I would not have agreed with that, but basically, ever since Snowden, uh, what can I say? Snowden, Google, Facebook, Zuckerberg. Like yeah. any, anybody familiar with cyberpunk fiction at all has identified these things. And Daddy Warpig loves to joke about evil corporations. Like, 
Yeah, how, how can a corporation be evil? What do they have a switch in the basement that you know that's set to evil? Oh, we'll just set no. Anybody who knows anything about cyberpunk fiction looks at the, for example, Facebook just got caught with their hands in the cookie jar, you know, working with uh, governments uh, oh, yeah. and uh, and you know suppressing their certain speech and you know they, it's long been known that they've helped out Germany like because Germany's got a lot of specific restrictions on speech especially with regards to world war ii so yeah yeah i mean so so they they got caught doing that sort of thing and 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 anybody familiar with the genre knows oh that's that's what an evil global corporation is yeah now and now it's been revealed that it wasn't trump that got caught with russia it was it was facebook that got caught with russia right crazy right um yeah no no shit uh and uh and with uh zuckerberg's uh, unsubtle att- attempts to uh, float the possibility of running for president. Uh, like, hey, well, let me let me just do all these photo ops and things, and 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 write a book, and yeah, maybe you know, it's it's typical. It's typical of what someone would do when they're testing the waters to see if they should run. Yeah, really. You might as well have a giant, big ass, giant neon sign that says, "I'm running for president." Yeah, it's it's really strange, and and. Uh, Cyberpunk came true, guys. I know you're disappointed that prosthetics nowadays are only amazing and not leap over cars and shoot flamethrowers and missiles amazing. Uh, yeah, but but again, it, cyberpunk is here, guys. Yeah, so, but, so what's what's uh well before we talk about the cyberpunk of the future? Oh, yeah. uh, now that DW's back, uh, Daddy Warpig, what's your take on cyberpunk uh, in fiction and games? Well, the original cyberpunk, the original genre from the 1980s, was basically an outgrowth of paranoid leftists who were freaking out about Ronald Reagan. It really wasn't about the future. Um, I'm going to set William Gibson aside, uh, because William Gibson has has and always will be different than other cyberpunk writers. He's not really part of the quote-unquote movement. There really was a movement in cyberpunk, which is just one of the most ludicrous things I can imagine. But um, for everybody else, Bruce Sterling and, and all those others, it was a reaction against what they imagined in their paranoid fantasies Ronald Reagan's America was. Gotcha. And so the future of the cyberpunk was, well, you can phrase it this way. What if, what if um, everything that the leftists imagined Ronald Reagan was and would bring about were actually to happen? What would that world, you know, be like? And I think the best, and I'm going to scandalize real, quote unquote, real cyberpunk fans by saying this, but I think the purest expression of the social ideas and concepts behind cyberpunk really is Shadowrun. Set aside magic, set aside elves and dragons and all of that. If that really gets under your skin, if that really sticks in your cross, set that aside for a minute. What are megacorps in Shadowrun? They're basically Cthulhuoid entities, right? They're basically Cthulhu and Yogg-Sothoth and all of the other insane elder gods of 
the Lovecraftian mythoi, that's what mega corporations are in Shatter. And they're people who do crazy and evil things for no other reason than to be crazy and evil. Or if you want to go a different direction, look at Wayland Utani Corporation in the Alien movies, uh, who are always doing evil and insane things just because evil and insanity are what corporations do. So cyberpunk in that level on the social commentary level had aspirations of being relevant and had aspirations of being important because it was really tearing the mask off of this evil of capitalism and revealing what capitalism would eventually become that was their aspiration at least and it's it's nonsense in the sense that capitalism didn't drive facebook and google to be uh, utterly a moral, grasping, manipulative scumbag and Twitter uh, scumbag corporations. It was other. Uh, it was other it was their politics goals entirely. Yeah, yeah. And let, and let me interject with with what you're saying here. Um, that uh, I'll give you another good example of, um, of 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 that supports your theory. V for Vendetta. I have neither read the comic nor watched the movie, so I, I watched, can't comment on it. I've watched the movie, but I I didn't read the uh, the, the the graphic novel, but I have watched the movie quite a few times. Um, I've seen the thing. The thing was, um, Alan Moore. You, I think you've heard of him, right? <laughs> yes. Oh God, Alan Moore. He wrote V for Vendetta because he thought this was the future under Thatcher. So. So yeah, there are there are some cyber cyberpunk authors that, like you said, it's like it's like that old fear of right of of the of the right pretty much gonna commit evil and do every everything bad, but but of course do it in wrap wrap themselves in religion and Americana, but um, where where but 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 can. I, I think I, I think I think to tie it into what my my buddy's my buddy's comment about being optimistic about the future is that the I mean maybe the left were rightfully afraid of these you know mega, the mega corporation takeover and this fascist sort of sort of takeover uh, and they didn't realize that uh, that everybody can utilize the mega corporations yes. right well, and left yeah but let me finish my point here um that the thing was yeah. Yeah, there was some. There were some people. There was some realistic fears. I mean, come on, the freaking moral majority, Jesus Christ! But um, but but now it's starting to it's starting to come into it's it's pretty much come into what their fears are for. But the problem here is, the same ones that actually stoke those fears are the bad guys running the show. The same people who are paranoid about corporations are the ones who are making evil corporations. Yeah, no shit. So it's yeah. So it seems like they create. It's like oh my god. It's like it's like George Orwell basically creating creating his own fascist government after he wrote 1984. It's like oh my god, this is scary. Let's make our own. Let's make our own fascist government. Well, oh, okay. I'd I'd like to to sidestep that stuff now because i think we've established some of the narrative tropes that, yeah. that lead to cyberpunk as a genre and, and cyberpunk as a game genre yeah 
what what do you think of Cyberpunk as a game? For me, I never did the Shadowrun, Edge Runner sort of uh, paradigm. It was always more of a you know futuristic uh, futuristic adventures, futuristic uh, soap opera with people getting their arms blown off. <clears throat> uh, but that, but that was the sort of games that I played when I was younger. What what is a cyberpunk game to you, Aaron? What what does cyberpunk as a game mean? Well, cyberpunk personally, it's it's pretty much sort of trying to ex- explore explore the world in a in a future time. The what the what could have been, the what the what might, the what the possibilities. It's it's all about that's what the future is. It's it's a spectrum of possibilities. Now now I did dab. That a little little shower, but let's just say the rules were a little too complicated for my taste. But, but, but that's but I did get inspired because Shadowrun has you set into a world where a world of future possibilities, and you can create more more of these possibilities. It's sort of like it's like um how in the how the ending of Back to how Doc Brown said in the end of um Back to the Future said the the future the future is the future's a blank blank slate. You you basically make you basically write your own future. It's not set in any way. Similar with Terminator as well. So. I, I'm I'm glad that we made it 17 minutes before a real mention of Shadowrun, and, and you just barely touched it. But I want to bring that up because Shadowrun's sort of uh, the most famous game in the genre, and right. and it's it's interesting because it's that cool. It's that it's a cool take on the future. I mean, but, you got a yeah, you got a dragon running a bloody megacorp, and that goes back to da- Danny Warpig's point about the evil, faceless Cthulhu Lovecraftian corporations. Yeah, the 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 thing running the corporation is literally inhuman. Yeah, uh, it, it it works, but it also works on a on a real gaming level too. And it wasn't uh, basically it wasn't until now that I really put together what made Shadowrun so popular. It wasn't. Elves with guns. It's a little bit elves with guns. I mean, you can't stop some people. Uh, the, I mean, these are the same type of people who always play girls in RPGs. You know, don't get me started on those people. Yeah, Especially like, if you're one of them. Yeah, it's like those that play uh, play Fallout because it's Oblivion with guns or Skyrim with guns, pretty much. The 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 cool thing. How how do I best describe Shadowrun? I I, I alluded to it a minute ago, but each game of Shadowrun is a heist movie. There's there's a goal, be it a, you know uh, an item or a piece of data or a treasure, even something like that. Um, and someone's got control of it, whether it be you know a government or a rogue state or a rival gang or a mega corporation, uh, and they're keeping it secure. And your job is to get at the MacGuffin, get at the treasure. So in a lot of ways, it plays like a heist movie. And if you play a bad game of Shadowrun. It's kind of just D and D with guns. Mm-hmm. It's like mechanically speaking, it's it's pretty familiar to to what most people already think of as games. Yeah, like um, say, yeah, like you said, it's basically another D and D game just reskinned. I mean, and and who doesn't love cyber arms and, and guns? In so yeah, of course. Um. So you. Are working, and so I wanted to talk about that because not only is it the most popular sort of cyberpunk game, and I'm going to leave it at that, uh, but uh, that contrasts with the other the other cyberpunk game, the most popular one being uh, the original 
Cyberpunk 2020, which was um, was a little more freeform in the type of game that it was. So, well, it's the game that had rockers uh, as a playable character class. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could be a rock star. Or my favorite class, which is even more important in today's, and, and I really want to know how Aaron's handling this, because uh, my favorite class in Cyberpunk 2020 was the media. Uh, and in the original uh, game, it was basically the guy from Max Headroom. You know, he goes around exposing people. You know, he's he's got all sorts of gadgets to try to catch people. Um, and that's that's the real stuff today. And I don't mean, you know, useless bloggers on uh, on Twitter and stuff. I mean, like, the people who are bugging offices and, and, and doing undercover stories and, and stuff like that. Uh, and you see the power of the media in the past couple of years uh, with the way they've been shaping narratives in the world and uh, most notably how media influenced the last U.S. presidential election. Yeah, really. Uh, so that's another way that cyberpunk sort of came true. Um, Daddy Warpig, you got me on my media rant. Thank you. <laughs> um and I, and because of that rant, I totally forgot where we were going. So so I want to know, like between those two games, uh, you're you're writing your own uh, cyberpunk game. So so can you tell us more about it and how it fits into the sort of tabletop game space? Oh, I'd be more than happy to, my friend here. Okay, um, basically what what I, I want to do for Ronin is um, I took a look at Shadowrun. I took a look at most cyberpunk works of the past and like I said and as I said before I felt that cyberpunk has gone way too has become too two-dimensional if you will so I figure because if because like I said like you said earlier it was it's, it's always man against the megacorp now what Ronan does and and um what Ronan does is it pits you it pits you with all sorts of all sorts of allies and enemies be it megacorp, individual, criminal organization, and it pits you against any other individual, criminal organization, or megacorp, or in some cases against the against the opposing government that pretty much has set up the entire world of Ronin to begin with. And okay. and the best and the best thing about it is um it also and the and the other thing that I did did with uh, with this is um. Instead of doing the old dark cyberpunk future, etc., I decided to give it sort of a, sort of a, a little flair to it. So what I did, for, so what I'm doing with 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 uh, Ronin is, you have you have this dark cyberpunk future, but it has an '80s flair to it because you have the you have the old '80s revival with synthwave and games like Hotline Miami and what have you. You got yeah, yeah. yeah and movies like a uh, drop. Like drive, and in some cases, uh, John Wick, because John Wick gives gives that '80s vibe, what even, whether it's intentionally or not. So I figure, for with Ronan, we'll do something different with cyberpunk, but we'll have a we'll have a little fun with it. Have like sort of like, what if, what if, Strange Days meets Miami Vice. My mind is blown. Yeah, think about it. I, of course, I, I, I think I think you're gonna have a, a big market if you somehow work uh, 
synthwave and vapor wave into the oh, game. Oh, I intend to. It's one of my it I intend to because sit because have because not only it'll be like it'll be like they'll they'll like in the future how music is they will they will sort of rediscover the eighties and what have you, but they'll also create create new forms from from uh that from that era. So hence you'll have a lot of synth wave influence. At least I intend to if when the as the product gets a lot better and what have you. Uh okay, so so where you are at in production right now? Because you showed me a little stuff, but it, it looks like very early, early uh, stages. Oh yes, the lore book. I'm still working on it. The, I'm still, I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to get some test projects on there. I, it took, it took me a while to get my first stream on, onto my channel. And let's, let's, let's tell you, it's, it was no easy feat. But um, what I plan to do is in the next, hopefully the next few weeks, I could probably get a probably finish up the character creation. I I have three I have three people participating. One of them couldn't make couldn't make it for the first stream, but I got I got to talk I got to talk to that person and so we get ready for the second stream. And so right now, it's been in development with with that, but um unfortunately, financial wise since I I want to get artwork in and get and get my proofreader working, but here's the problem. Let's just say financially <laughs> it's stalled. Mm, mm. It is stalled, and it it it, it sucks because, like I said, it's, I all my all my efforts are trying to get it get it going. Well, let's just let's just put put it this way: real life isn't isn't a freaking tea party. Hey, you gotta eat somehow. Have you thought yep. about doing uh, crowdfunding or anything for it? Actually, I do have a Patreon, but the I've I've had it for the past year. But the problem here is. I can't for the life of me get any goddamn backers. Mm, well, maybe you'll get some some backers listening to this. Well, I, well, I I I pray to God I do. Because <laughs> so, I, I think this because I feel this is a great concept. I figure it's a new it's a new way of looking at cyberpunk. Give it give it more give it more vibe. And it also you have the you have the eighties tie in, and then then of course you you also have sort of a, a, a relation to all the current events of the day. We got uh, my brother in chat recommends you put together a good pitch video. Uh, I of course, if you get some synthwave on that, that'd be the best. Yeah, I've been trying. Yeah, I had a pit. I had a I had a pitch video on there originally, but it was terra bad because my at the time I didn't have I didn't have a good uh, camera on me, and um, let's just say the production the production values. If it, it felt if, if the pitch video was way too long, it was like like what ten fucking minutes. I was like, oh, I gotta I gotta do better than that. So I took it. So I took it down like a few months ago. Cool. Not to give you whiplash, but I want to go back to what you said about the way the game uh, feels. Like you mentioned the Miami Vice and Stranger Things, and oh, yeah. uh, and I, I got interrupt you. Go for uh, it. Interrupt uh, all over you. Um, I'm, I'll allow it. What I want to hear is your elevator pitch. My elevator pitch, huh? Okay. Cy cyber. Okay. Left leftist government gets gets way too gets way too uh, ambivalent with their with their power. Fret they fracture it. It think it therefore fractures the entire country into into smaller into smaller republics. 
One city in particular, Chicago, turns into a get turns into a fucking bloodbath, ends up becoming a city state. All of a sudden, and and now, and now your your play was one of these um, and you play as one one of these people working for for these for these mega corps that are involved in this mess and 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 other side criminal elements in general for other stuff to basically do work for them to a make money for yourself or and or b take down the the leftist government that fucked everything up in the first place cyberpunks versus communists pretty much now i wouldn't say communists more like corporatists corporatists and you know you know what i'm talking about i think i get it what do you say, DW? Uh, it it reminds me in some aspects, not that it's copied from or, or really all that close to, but it, uh, the social change aspect where the goal of the characters is to force uh, change reminds me in some ways of Ray Winninger's Underground, which was a... Uh, very, very left-wing superpunk game. Uh, superpunk uh, is a term I coined to describe superhero settings that were basically cyberware without the cyber. They were cyberware with superpowers replacing cyborg. So uh, Batman the Dark Knight Returns um, and other Superman Red Sun, uh, other things like that. Uh, the dark, uh, the alternate Earth of uh, Batman, the animated series where the Justice League had taken over running the planet. Ray Winninger's Underground was a super punk setting uh, where you play superpowered heroes, and because of the superpowers you have, you get mental diseases that affect you heavily. And the goal of the game, the goal of the campaign, was to, they had game mechanics, rating different aspects of society, it was to make the world better. You were activists, you were specifically left-wing communist activists, and uh, your goal was to change one of these aspects of society. So in addition to experience points, you also got influence points where you could use them to temporarily change a value of the society to make it more free or make a more social mobility or whatever. But if you spend twice uh, the amount, you could, uh, every time you did that, it made some other values worse. So the more free your society is, the more crime you'd get, whatever, however you interpreted that. But if you spent twice the amount, you could make the change without making anything else worse. So that was the point of the game is you played superheroes who beat up cops and investigated scandals and exposed scandals. And in general, uh, were crusaders for social justice. This is oh, like 20 years God. before social justice was a thing. The game was really interesting. The superpowers uh, they did were really interesting, how they interacted with mental defects, which is a common trope in many cyberpunk games, was really interesting. Um, but the fact that it was all just the most biased left-wing uh, worldview you could imagine um, you know, it was more left-wing than Public Enemy, and Public Enemy got a bunch of shout-outs in the book itself, but oh, it was geez. still an interesting setting. Yeah, yeah it um, just goes to show politics does not belong at the game table. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, but but like I said, I but like I said, uh, for but in this case, it's more like like you're being hired to make sure they make sure that the federal unions stops fucking with with Chicago because they because they because in. If you read in the backstory, 
it's apparently it you think you think after that after that incident they'd leave them alone right no they kept fucking with them they kept fucking with them they kept fucking with them but like i and most most and some of these missions not all of them i would say some of the main story missions deal with that aspect interesting i i see how the narrative how the narrative sort of ties it all together where you've set up a world where you've got uh, you know all the players are in chicago so it's an independent city state and so there are foreign governments there are local governments there are mega corporations there's lots of possible allies and antagonists in this setting yeah exactly uh, and, and so so i i like how you've got that sort of put together and, and it, it does it sounds like a very cyberpunk sort of setting yeah but like i said but, but, but like you like, like you said politics doesn't be belong to the game table so what the, so so basically what i wanted to do was i didn't i didn't want there's some some of the stories some of the main stories i want to keep it away from from that central story about them trying to stop the federal union but um there there's other stories like for instance um like some sort of a big some sort of a like the mix there's a one of the uh, organizations in the game that you don't there are some criminal organizations that you can't get work from no matter what happens and then but then again why would you work for them anyway one of them's the mexican cartel and um and what happens is um what happens is um you're also trying to stop a you're trying to stop a um some sort of mythic figure in that in that cartel from base because he basically decides to travel to Mexico and see the operation, and he decides to take it over, and pretty much the west side of Chicago turns into a fucking bloodbath. That sounds like a good backdrop for some good old faction combat. So, so my my angle uh, for those of you who uh, listen to the show a lot, you know that I am really interested in like the the crunchy aspects and the functional aspects of how you play the game. So. Like I was saying earlier, Cyberpunk 2020 is a really free form. You know, each of the characters has a role to play, and it's generally, it's actually a lot like uh, the way Daddy Warpig described that other game, where you're trying to, you're looking out for yourself, and you try to make the world a better place in the dark future. And Shadowrun is, uh, the themes can can be the same, but the gameplay is very uh, structured. You know, there's there's a job or there's a target and you need to gather the information and resources. You know, you've got the legwork phase where you, you know, everybody gets all the resources and makes plans for the job. And then they actually do the job, the actual run. And often things go sideways and there's a shootout or, or something. And so each game of Shadowrun is, is, more rigidly structured and, and it has a particular flow to it and uh, contrast that with like a Dungeons and Dragons game where you know there's a dungeon okay which way do you go left or right right you know at every point in the game the players should have an idea of what they want to do or, or what actions they want to take to uh, accomplish their goals so my question is how does Ronin play when the player sit down sits down at the table, and they've got their character? How do they play? What do they do? Well, it's like I want you to consider this as sort of a uh, procedural type deal, deal, little sort of a 
police procedural, but it doesn't really involve the cops. So, so basically, what you can't, what you have here is, you're trying to find out. You're, you get a job from somebody, and and they say, hey, it's something that seems simple, love, like some guy asking you, hey, listen, I got this gang, I got, I got this these gang members that won't stop that won't stop harassing my family. So, so naturally, your goal is to find a way to stop those gang members from, from harassing their family. But as you keep going on, turns out there's a lot more to it than it than it than it originally was to begin with. You stumble onto a bunch. You stumble onto like a situation where it turns out that someone's paying them to, to harass them or some, or maybe the, these gang members. This guy must must be hiding something. Some, he's not. He isn't telling you all the details, and there's a reason that these gang members are harassing him. So you're. Uh, it sounds like you've got a framework for for a variety of of stories and narratives. You're gonna you're gonna say, okay, so this happens and this happens and this happens. Yeah, pretty. Uh, based on. So you, you have an initial setup, and then the players sort of determine how they want to deal with that setup. But it's not it's not a, it's not set up in the way that Shadowrun is, where you know each each game is like there's a dungeon or a corporation or something, and you go at it. Yeah, yeah, because like I said, it's a it's more like I said, it's more of a procedural, if you will, because because the one one of the main themes for for Ronin is it, one of the main rules for Ronin is simple. Some things are not as simple as they seem. So yeah, saving a, yeah like so like I said, say old some old lady want wants to save a cat from a tree. What if that cat happens to have some some microfilm around around the? What if that cat has a microfilm in his collar? Oh, that's that's a great idea. Yeah, they could, they, cats could easily be spies. I I love that about uh, not everything is as they seem. Daddy Warpig, you've got some rules for writing campaign material. What's that thing that you always tell us when we start a new game? You are being lied to, or you have been lied to. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any of the campaign material I've been writing, the very first uh, line is, you are about to be lied to. Because what the players think the world is, is not what the world actually is. And they're going to start off with a set of beliefs. Maybe they're common beliefs. Maybe they're the beliefs that everybody has. And then they find out that some things simply aren't true. Um, and any good game master will do things like that, um, where you'll say, okay, well, we think this dungeon is, you know, it's just a place where a bunch of orcs have moved in and set up, but it turns out there's actually, you know, an evil wizard so who's behind the whole thing. So, you, But you want players to be aware right from the start that what they're about to hear is partially true, it's partially false, uh, and some of it is true, but in ways that are going to be misleading if you just assume that it's exactly like that every single time. I love it. I, I think that's awesome advice for setting up a world. I wouldn't know because I don't waste any time setting up worlds. I like I like my D&D a little crunchier than that. Yeah. I mean, the only time that I'd, I would say in a Ronin campaign it would ever be played straight is if you're dealing with a big big player and he's asking you to do something big. That's, pr that's pretty much the only time when it's pretty much cut and dry. It's only on big projects. On smaller jobs, <laughs> there's usually something more to it. 
So uh, yeah, I'm definitely getting uh, I'm getting a and I always use this as a point of reference. I mean, it, it's I'm getting a Cyberpunk 2020 vibe from this, especially you know the retro setting and the, and the you know the narrative focus over the uh... yeah. And one another another thing that 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 I, that I would like to describe Ronan is I want to keep it realistic, but but sort of I how I, I not not realistic, but um. How should I say, believable, but not too realistic. Uh, I see, like plausible, like plausible, but not, uh, but still fantastic. I think, um, I think there's a good term for what I think you're trying to do here. Uh, maybe I would call it cyber pulp, uh, where you you're it's going to be in a future, and your characters are going to do great things. It's not necessarily a it's not necessarily like a dark or or desperate future. It's it's. Uh, does that make sense? You put yeah, it, there. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of like a it's sort of like a um, it's not like a like a dark future, but sort of like a very conflicted future. It's like I I would like to describe Ronan like this. It's the it's it's our pre it's the present day with the volume turned way up. Well, the present day has definitely got lots and lots of uh, good material now. Um, yeah, yeah. Just I think I think you know cyberpunk or cyberpunk style fiction is going to make a big comeback if uh, if the craziness keeps happening out there in the real world. Yeah, and um, another thing that I've also mentioned, um, I don't know if I, you probably saw this in my in my uh, in my handbook that there are going to be there. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to try to Sort of shoehorn in folk folklore um, folklore species into the deal, like vampires, werewolves, what have you. But the thing, but what I want to do though is I don't want to do it like in like a um, magic setting because you got to understand in in Ronin there is one rule: try to keep the fantasy stuff to a very bare minimum, like like almost non-existent. However, with the, the supernatural aspect. If it if it's plausible, then it's okay. So so when you say when you say fantasy uh, creatures like vampires and werewolves, you don't literally mean vampires and werewolves. You mean like cybernetically enhanced people with no, not vampire really. and werewolf like properties. No, not really. I'm talking like more. I'm not saying like it's not from like a magical or folklore perspective. I'm talking from a biological aspect. Okay. Like vampirism, like loop, uh, like lupines, as I call them in Ronin, um, succubi, zombies. The reason they that they came to being was they got infected by a disease. Sure, sure. Uh, so when you say keep the fantasy stuff to a minimum, you mean you don't mean not don't have vampires and werewolves. You mean try to give everything, you know, a pseudo, uh, you know, a plausible real world explanation for it. Like, yeah, really. Like, like zombies are a disease sort of thing. Like yes, 28, 28 days later, not walk of the living, not night of the living dead. Yeah. 28 days later, not walk of the living dead. But like I said, make it more, make it plot. Yeah. Like for instance, vampires somehow, somehow kept, have like a blood deficiency. So they have, so they have to, so in order for him to, to, to match up with that deficiency, they got to suck. They gotta consume blood, and 
and there is a bio, and there's a biological reason they can't go out in the sun because it's it's like it's like um because they get like an extreme form case sunburn it it any oh, yeah, yeah. clothing it, they fatigue and stuff or something like that. I've been I haven't pretty much gone to this. I've tried. To, I haven't gotten to the specifics of it, but um, but I want to make it sort of like biologically biologically possible that this can happen. And I even gave and I even gave him like pseudo um. We, we got a names. we got a freebie from the chat. There's a bonus one for you. Yotkan in chat uh, suggests genetically engineered dragons. Mm. That's that's awesome. I'm in. Hmm, that could be <laughs> that could be something. I'm gonna have to write that down. <laughs> like I said, that that's a freebie. Yeah, cause um, yeah, cause and and there's something I else I didn't I did uh, I mentioned I don't know if I've, I've alluded to this, but um, most of of all these um, of all these um, what you call it uh, these mute these mute these mutagenic diseases. Is actually because the Federal Union was has been experimenting. You see, and and, and someone and someone said that um in, in the chat that Antifa's it's, it's they said so it's Antifa the game. Well, Antifa is sort of in the game, but it's not. It let's just put it this way: think Antifa with body armor and high-powered weaponry. Don't. In in Ronin, the federal, there, in the sounds like a good antagonist to me. Yes, in Ronin, there's there's always the threat of those guys getting involved. They're called Python, and um, and uh, okay, they're called yeah, they're called Python, and the pro the they have strength in numbers, and they're very merciless. Only one problem, they're shit when it comes to combat training. So what? So what the federal union is trying to do is they want to try to, they want to try to, how should I say, try to compensate for that by creating sort some sort of like powerful mutagenic DNA type deals to try to make try to make them more efficient in the field because or because the ones that are originally consisted of Python actual trained trained uh, off, law enforcement officers military men. After a certain incident, they said, "Enough of this. We're we're not doing this." Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I, it it sounds like I guess I'm having I, I'm still having trouble because because you're really in real early stages of uh, of game design here. I'm still having trouble getting a feel for the actual uh, the play and the interaction. So so. Let me take a step back, and I want to uh, run a game of Ronin. You're going to provide uh, all this this cool background and this narrative setup, and I have this cast of you know possible antagonists and enemies. Where I've got all these, I've got some ideas of corporations, and I've got some ideas of of governments that can be you know potential problems and targets, and I have an idea of of player characters. I also have a bunch of monsters that that I got. Be I got so, my notebook. So, so if it, so, I sit down. So I sit down to run a game of Dungeons and Dragons. I've got a dungeon prepared, or I've got a map prepared, or I've got maybe you know maybe it's a, a town adventure, and I've got a series of NPCs and 
um, events plotted out that that uh, that the PCs can disrupt. Um, and I, if I play a game of cyberpunk, I've got you know I've got corporations and I've got uh, I've got things. Cyberpunk's a bad example. Shadowrun. I've got you know this is this is the MacGuffin for this week. So I sit down to play a game of Ronin. Uh, what do I have to start with? Where where, okay. where what do I start with and, and how do I play as, as a session? As, as as a as a game master. Okay, you have a list of characters. Okay, you have a if you, you have a list of characters. A list of scenarios that that you could possibly shoehorn in. Okay. So, so you're also going to be producing uh, scenarios for people. Yeah, that's, and that, the, that's what I was trying to get at. I'm I'm trying to figure out like what. Yeah, and the 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 thing with the thing I want to do with Ronan is, yet you, you can't really you you can you can plan as bet the best of your ability, but the play the players can can pretty much go off go off the rails, but go off the rails at any given moment. So. You gotta be prepared for it. So what you have is a list of characters, okay? You have a list of you have a I would say a, a general location of where your story is gonna be set. It could be in like a neighborhood, it could be like in a um in a in a um in a built in a, in a in one skyscraper or something. It could be throughout the entire city, but um but for but for what what scenario for whatever oh, scenario that, you have. That reminds me. Sorry to interrupt. Does anybody else, since you said that, does anybody else just want to have an RPG session that matches that latest Dread movie, Judge Dread movie, or uh, or the Raid? Oh, you're talking about Dread, where they have the entire movie basically in a in a slum in building. Yeah, amazing. All I can say about that is watch this space. Okay. Okay. So what you have here, you have your character, you have your if you have, you have your setting that you're planning to use. Again, one from one building to maybe the whole the whole city, or maybe out even even into federal territory, depends on the scenario. And then and then you have then like then you yeah you'll have your set of maps, but but then of course you might end up going to a uh, area where. Um, where they, where you might not be intending to go to, but they'll go to anyway. It, it it also keeps the DM on their toes, but I don't want to get to the point where it gets way out of control. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I hear what you mean. So so as a as a game master, I sort of know the lay of the land and I know um, the scenario. And I, I but I have a question about the scenarios too. Is it? Uh, I guess I'm just gonna have to uh, have to see when you. Uh, the scenarios that you come up with because uh, and if i turn it around and i'm the player sitting at the table uh and i have my character and we're in our let's say we're in our home base right yeah. and then what yeah. right but i'll yeah but i'll but i'll confess that i don't have it down to a specific system yet but it's good it's good you mentioned that because i because i think i need to get it down to a specific system but but for right but but what I want to do is sort of a, I want to do a freeform. I don't want it to be like on rails because I tried because I tried my sample campaign on rails, it didn't work. Sure, sure. I think well, that's why I keep going back to Shadowrun because Shadowrun does have a specific thing where yeah. everybody's there to make money or whatever, and there's an objective. You either go for it or you don't, right? But when you go for an objective, the whole table 
puts their heads together and they come up with a plan and then they execute the plan. So, um, which is something quite frankly, that was missing from all my um, cyberpunk 2020 games, which I have very fond memories of, uh, but they didn't have that sort of structure. And um, in the, in a game that uh, Daddy Warpig and I played, um, I played a cyberpunk character, but um, it was more of a cyber pulpy game where they were, you know, grand stakes and, and amazing feats and of, uh, you know, brawn and skill and smarts. And, but there was like an overarching story. Um, yeah. But that was a very, very much like his story. He writes it, he tailors it and something like that. Yeah. So basically, but but here, but like I said, how? But but there's one thing that that is common with Ronan. the The object is to complete the contract any way you can. So it at the end of the day, whether what turn it takes, what whether what turn it goes to, you you gotta find a way to to accomplish the contract and please your contractor. And if and if and if you do it in some way that that he didn't see coming, he probably might give you a bonus. Cool. So, so, so let's say you managed to um, capture this guy that stole that stole um, stole some 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 uh, vintage album collection. But it turns out that he was he was running a he was actually running a car thief ring as well, and just need and just decided to and this and the, the parent, apparently the tell was that he stole people's vintage album collections to transfer it onto to transfer it digitally, so he can listen to it while he's while he's stealing. In cars. Uh huh. So, so if you if it turns out that holy shit, you just bust, you got my albums back and you busted a car ring, I'll pay you more. Cool. Yeah. Very. Hey, what can I say? Classic cyberpunk. We are rapidly running out of time. I was wondering if there's anything else you wanted to get off your chest before we call it a night. Okay, you might might if I might might make the plug right now. For plug plug away. Plug. Okay, so if you want if you want to check out um if you want to donate to Ron to, to the project um I have a Patreon. I hold on, let me check check the address. That's the problem. I, at my old age, I, I'm starting to forget shit. <laughs> Send me all all links you have. Send them to me. I'll make sure they're in the show notes on YouTube at the end. Of the show. All right. So, so I'll, I'll I'll give it to you through chat, but um, I'll give it through through the chat. But um, if you want, if you wish to come come donate or check out or have any comments, any ideas, there's to write down. You can you can check out patreoncom sauce Productions. That's all one word, and um. There's not much, and unfortunately, there's not much in, in the uh, of the thing because I don't, I hardly ever go back to it. But um, hopefully, with the donation, with donations and what have you, I could probably start. I could probably go go pay more attention to it every day. I'll keep bounce some ideas off me, and of course, while yes, while before I end up getting uh, suspended in the near future, you can also check me out on Twitter. On my Twitter handle at Mr. Nameless One, or if you wish, I'm on Gab as well at Real Aaron Alexander. Okay, thanks a lot, and I'll make sure to get the. Uh, I, I've got your Patreon link right here. I'll make sure that is in the notes. Right. Uh, Daddy Warpig, you want the second to last word? 
penultimate no. word? No is the penultimate word. It's no. on the record. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us, Aaron. It was a pleasure talking about Cyberpunk. Absolutely like, love Cyberpunk. Likewise, dude. Likewise. Any? Yeah. Feel free to have me back anytime, man. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks to everybody for listening, especially y'all in chat. If you want to come chat with us live, uh, join us at youtube.com slash geekgab. Uh, we do game night uh, every once in a while on a Thursday. So uh, you want to subscribe to the videos and hit that bell icon, which will send you email alerts on those videos. Uh, check out our other Geek Gab shows. We've got Geek Gab Prime where we do movies, books, all sorts of other pop culture. Uh, those That's usually Saturday afternoons. Uh, I believe this weekend we'll, we should be talking about Blade Runner. Is everybody excited for that? I am. Oh, I'll probably I'm probably might be going seeing it this weekend. I heard it's okay, but but I'm yeah, it's it's gonna get mixed reviews, huh? Yeah, but I don't think I don't think it's gonna beat the original. No way in hell. Well, you know what? The best way to find out is not to spend your hard-earned money on people who hate you. It's to listen to the Geek Gab talk about it for free. <laughs> uh, so you can get our shows at YouTube.com/slash/GeekGab. Daddy Warpig kindly uploads all the audio to various services, including iTunes, SoundCloud, and uh, you can get it at the Google Play Store. Just search for Geek Gab on any of those platforms. Uh, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening in. Until next time, good night and game on.